Shut up! Thomas Jr. And welcome to the third installment of Woke and Restless. Episode three. Episode three. We're, we're glad to be back. Yeah. Um, we appreciate all of y'all who have been tuned in since the first episode and all of y'all who are tuning in for the first time uh, this morning. Yeah. Welcome and how are you doing? Um, how you doing, Kerr? I'm good, man. You know, trying to stay away from that Rona. Yeah, nah, that, that Rona's acting crazy. <laughs> it's out here, ain't it? That Rona and Pollen, both of them they coming from no my life training, these days. Man. No home training, man. No home training Rude. Um, Take your ass in the house. So, um, if you guys missed it last week, we added a couple couple new things. We're going to stick with them this week and uh, see if we can build some momentum and see see how y'all like that. Um, so, we're going to start off with some questions. Uh, and this week, I'm lucky enough to be asking the questions and Kerm's on the hot seat. I got questions! <laughs> Maybe that's what we should call it, the hot seat. The hot seat. The hot seat. That that's a crazy. good, that's a good, yo, we just yeah. came up with something. And then that way, when we have guests, they can Put be on the hot seat. Put them on the hot seat. Yeah, exactly. We just did something just yeah. now. Yeah, no, I mean. All right, so, um, first question. Mm-hmm. Mr. Thomas, how would President Kermit Thomas convince the American people to stay indoors? <laughs> <laughs> yo, my questions were not like <laughs> that. Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you had me. You had me looking crazy on Yo, in front uh, of the people. No, I'm just no, no. Convince people to stay indoors. Yeah, um, like, what's your strategy in that? Like, I feel like that's a that's a pretty it's a difficult task. Man, I I mean I'm 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 lost, man. I don't know. I I think about it. So I talk I talk to people about this all the time, right? Like now that this is going on, like and it, everything is so it feels so simple when it's just like you. And yeah. not, you know, not a cabinet full of people telling you a bunch of things or you're not thinking about, like, the economy in the same way. Yeah. Right? Like, my my immediately my immediate thought process is, man, listen, shut everything down. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be okay. Uh, everybody go home. We're working on figuring out this virus. We'll send, uh, you know, we'll create whatever. We'll generate whatever money we need to to go to different businesses to, to make sure they can continue payroll or things of that nature. Specifically, I think what you have to do is maybe you don't continue payroll. Maybe don't that's continue. not a thing. Maybe, maybe you give everybody a livable Just, a, just enough money to make it? As long as you need to, right? So, yeah. so maybe you're four grand a month to every American what fifteen hundred for every child. Just until until we'll figure this out in the next two months. Yeah. Period. So I mean what do you think about So um, you know, stay at home, we're closing I mean restaurants, bars, um anything that's not a necessity is closed. Right? Yeah. Um Nobody goes to work unless you can, you know, essentially work from home. Yeah. Everybody receives four grand a month. Uh, we don't even entertain the idea of like 
I don't bailing out businesses, right? Like that's not even at the That's not the concern right now. Not even remotely, right? Yeah. Like right now the concern is we don't want too many Americans to get this. This is how we can ensure that that happens. Yeah. We right. we we enter into a conversation about bailing out or like or what our economy looks like because I mean that's the thing. I think my issue with all of this is that it feels as if like conversations about about like the danger that the economy is in are just conversations. Yeah. Like, like if I ask a, a, a random person, a regular person, what does it mean that we won't buy stuff for two months? I don't think they know the answer to that question. I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think a, a lot of us haven't experienced something that's to this scale, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think for, for a lot of people, this is the first time um, even uh, amongst leadership to where we've dealt with something to where like a nationwide lockdown, like nobody on the streets is like a legitimate consideration, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and to that point, like I saw in Tampa, Florida, there was a, a pastor who was arrested because he uh, refused to stop holding service. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wasn't adhering to the, to the stay at home order. Do you, how do you feel about that kind of that kind of approach? Like uh, arresting mean, people for not yeah, going I mean, to stay at home, you know, and, and like uh, breaking breaking curfew and stuff like that. I mean, it, just because it, it can get kind of iffy. I don't like I don't like I don't like the idea of police officers enforcing enforcing a, a stay at home. <laughs> that just seems scary, don't it? That's just uh, I just I mean, I, every, every, anytime it, like this is just me, but anytime we talk like police and what it means to put them in positions where they have to interact with people who are not specifically breaking the law. Uh, it feels like it puts black people in danger. Like, so I'm, yeah. and then my, I'm just my, hesitant. My, like my, I'm like, in my scenario was just like, you know, I got to take the trash can out to the curb yeah. at like 1130 mm-hmm. and a cop patrolling and catch me walking. Like, you know, it's just like situations like that where, yeah, I guess I'm not supposed to be outside technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously that's not a widespread thing, but I've just seen a couple of different little instances where, um, you know, mayors or um, governors will, well, they won't have somebody arrested, but somebody will get arrested for breaking the stay at home. Yeah. Um, Something will happen, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I, that was just a little, a little wondersome yeah, for me. You know, throwing a, a curveball. I yeah. mean, yeah, like I said, I, my, my whole thing at this point would be closing any reason you genuinely have to leave the house that isn't. Absolutely necessary. necessary, Right. Like it it just feels like we're discussing, we're discussing, um, you know, when people be like, yo, that's first world problems. Yeah. It feels like we're discussing things that like we don't need, but we like the convenience of having them. Right. Like instead of closing down restaurants, all restaurants and bars have been turned to um, like takeout only. Yeah. Walk in, takeout only. You know, like, and, is that people, necessary? Like, is it? You know, is that a necessity? Absolutely not. It's it is a necessity if you are factoring in that, like, you know, I guess businesses need to make money, and I don't, I don't disregard that. Like, I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just, you know, yeah, but I mean, it I, just feels like the concern should only be people. So if you ask me, all things removed, I'm president. I have control. I like to say. You know, I don't know all the answers, but I like to say we'd be like, send everybody a check. Nobody leaves their house for any reason whatsoever. There's nothing else for us to discuss. 
Just put uh, the hammer down. Just put the hammer down. But there's also, I mean, you you also have to ask people. I I don't I don't know if constitutionally you could ever. I don't know if constitutionally the president has the ability to just be like. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody uh, stay at home. I don't I don't know if. I think they could. If um, if states give a recommendation. Yeah. But and then states are most likely follow suit. I feel like, especially in this scenario. I um, mean, gotta ask Governor DeSantis. I bet he does. <laughs> uh, I don't like that guy. Um, but so la- last point on this topic: uh-huh. Did you see um, the president of Hungary? Let me, let me. I gotta figure out what his name was. Um, the Hungarian president. The Hungarian president. Um, Hungary's a country in the EU. Victor Orban. Um, he is the. Prime Minister of Hungary, mm-hmm. and they just passed some legislation. I believe it was earlier today, giving him unlimited, um, essentially unlimited powers for an indefinite amount of time. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what we need to do, man. Yeah, you know, Trump. Six, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know this, but sixty-one <laughs> percent of people in the United States believe that Trump has handled this Fantastic crisis correctly. Job. He's doing a good job. Fifty percent think that. He's the greatest. So actually, after you told me that dumb shit What's last that? week, <laughs> I did some reading. Okay. Because I had to, I had to look into that one, and um, at least one of the polls that was reporting the sixty-one percent number, I believe it was a, a sample size of like a thousand people. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's how polls work, though. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I know, but they, they also <laughs> they also talked to some of the people because there was um. Uh, he's also his his uh, popularity amongst Democrats has also had a thirteen point jump. Um, during this time? Yeah, during this time. And it was specifically in response to his response to coronavirus. And, you know, that's surprising to me because I'm like... You, you're th- saying 13% more no, not Democrats. not 13%. 13 point. Uh, well, I guess, yeah. Like, yeah, so, so it's 13 points higher. Yeah. To, like, more Democrats are saying, hey, man, he's really killing this coronavirus thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily, necessarily saying we voting for him, but they just say, yeah, okay, Donald, I see you. You know, because of twelve hundred dollars. I don't know. I guess <laughs> I think I think that might be what it is. I mean, because some I saw some lady. Um, dang, I wish I would remember her name. But they asked her. They were like, you know, why? Why do you think this? Of course, you know, you're a democratic leaning person. Um, why do you think that Trump is doing such a good job? And she said, Well, doing something is better than doing nothing. So doing something is a positive job. Mm. And I'm just saying. Well, that sets the bar pretty yeah. freaking low, bro. Like, She's voting for Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. But hold up, so thirteen? Uh, I guess that's how you felt when I told you fifty percent of Americans. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, just that's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're gonna move on to question two. We don't want to take too much time on the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Kern, Joe Biden announced last week that mm-hmm. he was going to choose a vice presidential candidate that was going to be a woman. Yeah. Top three choices for Joe Biden's vice presidential pick for you. Oh, man, that's a great question. Thank uh, you. Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, um, I really, this, I, I, people haven't thought about her in a long time and I don't know if, um, <laughs> if it makes if it makes sense, Stacey Abrams. She's not on my list. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense, but um, uh, Kristen Gillibrand. Why? Well, see, 
because they had a little they had a little tension during the debate. Yeah. But um, I like Kirsten Gillibrand. I, I liked Kristen when she was um, when she was debating as well. Yeah, and I actually thought about her when I was thinking of the questions. Um, so according to CNN, CNN had um, a list, and then Political also has a list. CNN's top three were Kamala. Elizabeth or Kamala, uh, Amy Klobuchar, and then Elizabeth Warren. Amy was Amy was. Um, I thought about it, but I like I like Kirsten more than I like Amy. But I Amy's think, a good choice Kirsten's, as well. Well, it's hard to say she's more excitable just because Amy got further. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that Amy, a lot of her challenge of picking her as vice presidential candidate is that Joe's biggest criticism right now is that he's not like always engaging. He's not always um, as crisp and as polished as he needs to be. Amy, while she was polished, she was never that energetic, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, really mobilize and inspire people choice. I, yeah, I think I Amy's think. a safe choice. That's why, that's, but, but that, that's the thing. Amy's a safe choice because she's, she carried the Midwest, which is how she stayed in the yeah. presidential race. You're not gonna, you're not gonna lose the Midwest if you choose Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's real. Kamala's a good choice because she's black. And a woman, and I mean, do, to be fair, all of these people are qualified. I don't. I'm naming things that's not like their qualifications for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not. I, I don't want it to sound like I don't appreciate their qualifications. Like I'm saying, like you know, she's a black woman, therefore no. Like yeah. Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Kristen Gillibrand, Stacey Abrams, whoever. They're all. Like, they could do it. They could do it. Yeah, they, they could all. They, well. They're presidential candidates. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Kamala's a good choice because she is a black woman qualified to be uh, president. I thought she was having a good race. My issue with Kamala was always like, um, I wanted her to be, they did a Democratic event in South Carolina, I think early on. Or was it North Carolina? I think it might have been North Carolina, early on. And Kamala came in with the HBCU band do you yeah, remember that? I remember that. Dancing, yeah. chopping it up. That was the best version of Kamala <laughs> in this race, in, in her presidential campaign, outside of like her spat with Joe on stage. Mm-hmm. That was the best version of her. I wanted her to do that more often. I wanted her to be Kamala. Like, yeah. you know, like unapologetically black more often. Um, and I, I think I think she kind of dropped the ball there a lot of times. Kirsten Gillibrand is... Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm noticing something about all of the people that I chose just now. Uh, Kamala, I wanted her to be unapologetically, unapologetically black. Kirsten Gillibrand is unapologetically a woman who fights for women's rights. Yeah. And that is attractive. Like, yeah, like as a candidate. Like, I, she did the same thing that, that Cory Booker did. Like, Cory Booker was, anytime you ask him a question on stage... It was in my community. Yeah. This is how it goes. Well, you know Newark. I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, hey, I don't. I know you're not necessarily thinking about this in, into perspective of like black people, but let me tell you. Um, and that was dope, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Also, Sorry. the you know side note, Corey also announced that he was running for president on the Tom Joyner Morning Show. Yeah. The first day of Black History Month. That was pretty dope. Unparalleled. <laughs> um, but shout out to you, Corey. Um, yeah, uh, but also. Um, Kirsten Gillibrand, unapologetically a woman. Elizabeth Warren, unapologetically Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Like, like, I I'm of the belief that if um, Hillary Clinton had chosen Elizabeth Warren to be her running mate in 2016, that would have been a better choice um, than Tim Kaine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think I think 
Joe Biden should choose somebody that is unapologetic about being their true self. Yeah. True self. So uh, I like that idea. Yeah, so Politico actually had Tammy Baldwin as number three. Tammy Baldwin um, is, is a great Yeah, I thought that was veteran. interesting. Yeah. Um, um and she was she's she the lost first her legs, yeah. Yeah, she's the first um openly gay US senator. Um to, yeah, Tammy yeah. Baldwin was gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's the first openly gay US senator to be elected. Um so I mean obviously that would excite, you know, a lot of the younger liberal voters. Mm-hmm. Um Probably. So I mean I thought I thought that was a I thought that was a good a, a nice Maybe. little sleeper pick. Pete to didn't throw excite in him. Yeah, I mean that's real, but uh, I don't know what don't it know. is. Like, Pete was pretty great. Uh, I, guess I don't understand my young folks, man. I don't understand them. We go into rooms together, we talk about politics, and I leave like, what in the hell? Just confused. I, th- I think people just don't. They just they think that they know because <laughs> they read on the Twitter posts and stuff, but they just don't. They I, they don't be deep reading deep and in, deep enough into it. I don't think. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, you know, the whole point of this is to try to understand right yeah. the whole point of this is that like we want to know more i just I'm, I, I'm i'm at a loss a lot of times right like uh pete couldn't get any traction with young people uh regardless of his lgbtq plus mm-hmm. status regardless of the fact that he was 35 like that's what nine years older than me yeah what like what 12 12 years 12 like, like it's not I mean, that's right there. He was a child yeah. when we were born. He was a big kid when we were born. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and I mean, nobody, like, young people did not, they did not like him. Pete was, he, like, people who liked him were older people in, I want, not the whole Midwest, but, like, northern mm-hmm. Midwest. They liked him. Outside of that, nothing. Yeah, I mean, um, I saw, actually, um, it's not funny, but um, when Pete, and his husband actually got on the stage the first time they interacted with each other on stage. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were like really, really upset with Pete because he didn't like show enough like love, I guess, to his partner. Um, he didn't kiss I, him long enough. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. Um, so again, that goes back to your we don't be knowing what young people is talking about a lot <laughs> of the times. Um, but anyway, last and final question of the hot seat segment: mm-hmm. um, top three movies for quarantine. Oh, that's a great. That's a great one. For quarantine. Like about quarantine no, type stuff? Or just like in general? No, just like like you can't go to work. You can't go to the store. You can't go to eat food. You got to choose a movie. You should have gave me a heads up about this one, bro. Right. I, you the movie expert at a, at a household. <laughs> um, Man. Listen, <laughs> this is this the hardest question of the night. Oh man, you see me? <laughs> I, just, I just started visibly sweating, bro. Like, no, uh, anything. Oh God, let me tell you something. It depends on what you're trying to do. I sound, I sound like one of them old. Oh, let me. Hey, listen, I got you. Uh, listen, no, here, listen here, it depends on what you're trying to do. If you want to have a family good time, let me tell you something right now. Family time. Every time I watch it. I like literally <laughs> smile on my face. Real steel. <laughs> Real steel. <laughs> you check. You talk about the boxing the movie boxing with the robots. With the robots. Bruh. Real steel <laughs> is a classic. Real steel. Bruh, I expected more from you. I'm not no, no, not like of all time, but on this quarantine, like recently made, enough sci-fi to keep you in there, and all the feels. Real steel. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I guess. If you want something that's a little bit tougher uh, with some good acting, let me tell you something right now. 
American Gangster. Have you seen Denzel? Uh, you yes, seen Masquerade? I've, I've seen, I've seen, Russell Crowe, Denzel. Let me tell you something. That scene with with I was just I was just talking to my friend about that scene the other day. That's how good it is. The scene where his cousin shoots the guy in the leg at the funeral oh. and he beats him up <laughs> and then and then he's yelling at them after the after the party. Accident. He don't feel shit because he coked up all the motherfucking time. He's your driver. Get rid of him. Come on, man. That's your cousin. It ain't shit to me. He don't mean nothing to me. What's he gonna do? Go back home? I don't give a damn what he does. Send his ass home. Hey, 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 hey. On, don't man. rub on that. You block that. You understand? That's alpaca. That's $25,000 alpaca. You block that shit. You don't rub on Put the club soda on there. Look, I'll sit Simon ass motherfucker. And listen, from now on, don't nobody talk to me directly. You understand? You got business with me. You talk to Huey. Huey, you talk to me. You got it? All right. Damn it, never on the phone. You got it? I got it. All right. And take them goddamn sunglasses off. Take the goddamn sunglasses Damn off. Damn it, man. Simple Simon ass motherfucker. One of the greatest yeah. scenes in cinematic history. When Denzel <laughs> says, when Denzel says, hey, he said, what are you doing? You blocked that shit. That's $12,000 out power. You blocked that. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Then he tells the dude, take them glasses off in the house, take, snatches them off his face, and throws them in the uh, water cooler. That's my disrespect. Everything. Um, yeah, no, 1,000% disrespectful. Uh, and then... Shoot, I can't, I can't. And, and if you just want action, like just action, feel good action, Fast and Furious. Any of them? Nah, the six, the sixth one, or the fifth one, the one where the Rock becomes a part of the movie. <laughs> it becomes a part of the franchise. It elevates his career. I think it's the fifth one. It elevates his career to the heights that it is now. And also, that's when him, him and Vin Diesel fell out. The and window. Vin Diesel, a Vin, a Vin Diesel. They just look like they're the same height and oh, the yeah, same yeah. size. When they, when they got when they, in, that, um, in the fight, the fighting when um, they broke into the room. Broke out the window. Everything about that movie is good. Everything about that movie is fantastic. Up until... Literally everything about that movie is great. Uh, that's, that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a fun movie. Things explode. Real Steel. American Gangster. I'm honestly, I'm honestly just glad... That Fast you, Five. I'm honestly just glad that you didn't say... Um, the one movie when the rock had one leg and was jumping off the buildings and stuff like that because I know that's your favorite talking movie. Talking about Skyscraper? Yeah. I, Let was, me tell you something about Skyscraper. That was the dumbest, the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Dumbest thing you've ever seen? Yeah. Let me tell you something about Skyscraper. It's not that good. It's not that good. <laughs> it's, but but we, we do have a running debate though because I do think that The Rock is the number one actor of the now, decade. Y'all just heard this man say that, right? <laughs> Y'all just heard this man I genuinely that. support that. I, I support that claim. The Rock, Dwayne The Rock and Johnson. And give me a justification, too. He right has, here. listen, out of every year of this decade, there have been, if you look at every year of this decade, every year, top three grossing actors of every year of the decade between 2010 and 2020, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been in top three every year. Now, mind you, every other person that has been in the top mm -hmm. three Mm -hmm. has also been a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which means that they were making the biggest movies ever made in The Rock, making movies like Skyscraper. Yeah. 
was also making just as much money as they were. Okay, so that makes so Rock the best the best actor in the past decade, right there. Yes. That okay. Yeah, but if you're talking about acting, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, if you're talking cool. about, oh, well, I'm just making sure. <laughs> if we talking, talking about, about making money, then I no, guess I can't argue. Yeah, if we talking about making money, I mean, what does it take? Uh, listen, we we should talk politics. But my point yeah, is, I mean, no, my yeah, point this is, is The Rock, <laughs> Dwayne Dwayne The Rock Johnson, biggest movie star of the decade, no question. Right, now he's changing up the. Changing up the qualifications. I, I, mean, I guess actor. I guess I did, I, but I did I did start to say best actor. But I mean, it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Can he fail? Yes, yes, he can. <laughs> <laughs> he made a movie about a white gorilla, a giant white gorilla. That was weird. It's called Rampage. Yeah, it was pretty was, good. I thought it was weird. It was pretty good, man. A lot of it's his pretty movies good. are just really weird to me. But anyway, um, we're off the rock. Should have ran for president. <sighs> okay. So now, um, we're cutting Kermit out the show. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, now we are ready for our Fed Up Award of the Week. So you must really be mad mad. And for what? Why you mad mad for? You mad, bro? Oh, no, I'm not angry. I'm mad. Who's your candidate, Kern? Uh, this was, was tough. I didn't, I didn't find as many as I wanted to... You know, it wasn't it wasn't a big week for uh for like know. blow ups. Yeah, uh, Bernie Sanders had one. Um, AOC had one. They yeah, were both like yeah. on the on the floor, just kind of letting people know, letting people know what's up. And uh, I don't think I choose them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know we I we shared Does those. This have anything to do with your lasting feud with Bernie and his supporters? I don't like how. Listen, I don't. <laughs> I'm just my point. Is, no, I don't think I choose them. <laughs> Their blowups were great. Uh, you know, they were fighting for poor people in the midst of the stimulus package. Always appreciate it, mm-hmm. uh, seeing as I am poor. Um, well, not poor. I'm not rich. I'm not poor. I I feel like. Well, I'm, I'm going into a whole different thing. I feel like poor, <laughs> like specifically. I am a. I'm a. I'm a struggling. I don't make a lot of yeah. money. <laughs> we we on the come up. I don't know how to describe it. Yes, that's how I was at. I'm on, yeah, you know. Um, but my fed up award would go to someone who really didn't, like, blow up, kept their composure, but was definitely, like, calling whoever they needed to call out. Yamachi Alcindor, the reporter, um, hmm. asked Donald Trump about a quote that he made in which he insinuated that the president, I mean, no, the president, well, he insinuated that uh, the states didn't need as many ventilators yeah. as they were requesting. She quoted him and said, Mr. President, when you say that, will that affect, like, your actions moving forward? He interrupted her in the midst of her asking the question uh, and yeah. Called her some. I don't know if he necessarily called her name. He, he, no, said, he said that she was like, it's a gotcha question. He said you used to work at. That's why you used to work at the New York Times, and mm. now you work somewhere else. Uh, and he you said shouldn't you ask, stop being aggressive or something. Yeah, you shouldn't ask questions like that. And she just kept asking the question. Kept asking. <laughs> yeah. She was just like, I, "I'm quoting you directly, Mr. President. Mr. President, 
I'm you said repeatedly that you think that some of the equipment that governors are requesting, they don't actually need. You said New York might need, I, not, I might not need 30,000. You said it on Sean Hannity's Fox News. You said that you might. Why don't you people act? Let me ask you. You said some Why don't you act in a little more positive? It's always trying to get you. My question to you is. Get you, get you. And you know what? That's why nobody trusts the media anymore. My That's question why to you people, is, how is that going to impact? Excuse me, you didn't hear me. That's why you used to work for the Times, and now you work for somebody else. Look, let me tell you something. Be nice. Don't Mr. Be President, my question Don't is... Don't be threatening. Be nice. Go my ahead. My question is, how is that going to impact how you fill these orders for ventilators or for masks? Your views that they're, they're not, you're not going to... It's not going to impact you We're producing you tremendous numbers of ventilators. All you, me, everybody, we're all on the same team. You know, when, when journalists get up, and you're a journalist, a fine journalist, when journalists get up Sean Hannity. and ask questions that are so threatening, I was quoting you directly from team. your interview with Sean Hannity. Take a look at my interview. What I want to do is, if there is something wrong, we have to get to the bottom of it. When I hear face masks go from 10,000 to 300,000, and they constantly need more, and the biggest man in the business is, like, shocked. He knows all about the virus, by the way. He's not surprised by that. He knows all about it. He shouldn't be surprised. He should say, well, that's standard, because this is really a very tough disease. This is really a very tough virus to handle. Okay. Mr. Please, President, my second, Mr. President, my second question, my second that's, question that's enough. is, Thank you very much. Mr. President, my second please, please. That's enough. That's enough. That's not fair to your other reporters. It's not fair. You had a long time, a long question. Uh, and I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So that's my that's my um, that's my nominee this week. OK, um, mine is uh, he's been a pretty prominent figure over the past few weeks. Um, Governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. He is obviously, um, you know, the leader of the state with the biggest um, issue with Corona right now. Mm -hmm. um, they've been on lockdown since. I believe it was the 24th, um, I want to say. Don't quote me on that, but I believe it was the 24th. Um, he gave a uh, – he gives these live updates every day during the week on the state of corona um, in the country and just the relationship between the federal government and the state governments as this uh, unfolds. Um, he gave one today, and one of the parts – or one of the reporters that was there asked him a question um, – basically kind of actually talking a little bit about what what was the reporter's name i don't want to try Yamichi. to say it yamichi alcindor yamichi alcindor um what she was kind of alluding to um donald trump uh, a couple of days ago had made a statement regarding um the governor of michigan and um andrew cuomo yeah. saying that she he didn't believe that andrew cuomo needed as many ventilators and masks as he said he did and that um he told mike pence not even to talk to um, the governor of Michigan because it was a waste of time or something like that. Um, essentially saying that, um, you know, you have to treat, you, you have to play nice with the federal government in order to get stuff back in return, um, which is kind of a really almost, I don't want to say evil, but almost, it's, it's almost like an evil concept in, in a time he's like a, this. Man, this I mean, he's a super villain. Bro. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of wild to even make that assertion when, first of all, the people in the state are not the governor. Like, the governor is not everybody in the state. The, the people who voted for the governor are not the governor. So if you have a problem with that elected official, that should not affect how people's lives are changing due to a worldwide pandemic, right? Um, Andrew Cuomo came out, and they asked him about that, and he said, 
Um, they basically asked if, if he was afraid to tangle with the president. The question is, am I afraid, unwilling to tangle with the president? How many years would you say you know me? All right, 20 years. Have you ever known a time in the 20 years that I am unwilling to tangle? I'm a tangler. Uh, look, uh, I understand what the president said about the—well, first, I think it was—I uh, thank the president because I take his comment as a compliment. Uh, the president com commented on a poll that said uh, people were pleased with uh, my leadership. Uh, and uh, I thank him for that. That was a compliment. As far as the president's comment about uh, having a political contest with me, I am not engaging the president in politics. Uh, my only goal is to engage the president in partnership. This is no time for politics. Uh, and, you know, lead by example. I'm not going to get into a political uh, dispute with the president. I'm not going to rise to the bait of a political challenge. I'm not running for president. I was never running for president. I said from day one I wasn't running for president. I'm not running for president now. I'm not playing politics. I just want partnership to deal with this. <laughs> Excuse me, um, I'm not sick. <laughs> um, that was funny. But uh, he basically just said that he wasn't going to engage in political warfare with the president when we're in a not like a, a national health. Like he wasn't going to entertain the the partisan divide and entertain the political back and forth. Um, I thought it was really a moving statement. Like you said, it wasn't a big week on emotionally charged statements. Um, but I thought following President Trump's statements that were so potentially divisive and, um, you know, just dangerous, honestly, um, in relation to the relationship between state and federal governments, I think that that statement was just a good moment of leadership, um, a good moment of him showing that he cares more about his people in his state than he does the president's foolery. Um, and I think that at this time in America, we all need, including the president, need to have a little bit more of that attitude. So, yeah, that's my nomination, um, long story short. Good stuff. Y'all, um, let us know what y'all think. Good stuff. Um, we'll put up another poll and um, get you get your votes, and let's, you know, we'll let y'all know who's the, who's the winner of last Amari week. Hardy. Amari Hardy. Okay. Amari yeah. Hardy won in uh, convincing fashion. Dr. 100%. Fauci wasn't. I mean, wasn't I thought Dr. Fauci up. was cool, but... but um, it, it, what about his disappearance this week, though? Listen, here's here's my theory. I want to be very clear about this. Um, we are currently living in the five years between Infinity War and Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so this is the sad time. <laughs> this, is, this is Cap is in AA. Uh, <laughs> Thor is gaining weight. Iron Man floating around through space. <laughs> Iron Man is yeah, he's he's gone. Uh, he'll be back. Uh, and um, in my hierarchy of like how I view supervillains, I want to be very clear: is Thanos at number one? Uh, Loki. <laughs> Loki's a terrible person. Mike from Why Did I Get Married. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then it's Donald Trump. Just, <laughs> Donald Trump is solid number four. <laughs> he's a, he's squeaking a strong, in the top five. <laughs> he's a strong number four. And if, listen, if Mike hadn't come back and why did I get married to, <laughs> he would be number four. But he came back with cancer and why did I get married to? And it just didn't make sense. So he stayed at number three. I I just, I, I really think, I really think we need to accept that. This is, this is America right now. And uh, this man is... Every day, hitting us with like the soliloquy that you say to the hostages before the superhero comes and gets you. <laughs> and uh, he's on the way. He'll be here. He'll be here in uh, in November. His name will be Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders. That was very political of you. Squeeze Bernie Sanders in there. Oh man, it's over. I'm not. I don't have any. Okay. You know how I feel. All right, so these are uh, the, these topics of the week. Oh yeah, wanna, yeah, yeah, man. Let's get us started. Yeah, let's just hop into it. Speaking of potentially being Bernie Sanders, he's not dropping out. He's saying he's prepared for the next debate. Joe Biden's camp is saying that there doesn't need to be yeah. any other debates. How do you feel about that? Um, personally, I understand Bernie. You know, like I, I told you last time, this Bernie's last hoorah. If I'm Bernie, I'm riding it out too. To be honest. Um, I think that he has the right to, and his voters, uh, his voter base wants him to. So, screw it. Uh, I think he definitely needs to continue preaching that, you know, it's um, blue no matter who. And that, you know, if what we think is going to happen happens and Bernie is not the candidate in November, that as many of Bernie's supporters as possible need to make that switch. I think he needs to be very vocal about that going forward just based on the reality of the situation um, but I don't think it's like a requirement that he um, drop out um, and I don't necessarily disagree with Biden's camp saying that it's not really a point to another debate mathematically speaking and with the states that are left Joe's I mean Joe's Joe's got a 99.9% chance of taking this thing home is there is there a world in which Bernie does not drop out and in, in your opinion, is there a world in which Bernie does not drop out and still support kind of coalesce behind Joe Biden, or just support coalesced the young the young voters for Bernie? Do do they make that switch? Yeah, I mean it happened so late last time. Yeah, and the switch never was made. I mean honestly, right? like, I think if you if you look at Bernie supporters in their um, the poll, I think you 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 talked about yeah. some poll numbers beforehand. They're um, just not they're just not excited about voting for Joe Biden. I actually had a conversation with somebody a few uh, days ago who was saying that enthusiasm matters. And yeah, enthusiasm matters. So you have to be enthusiastic about the candidate that you're going to vote for. Um, if, if you're not able, if, if as a candidate you're not able to build enthusiasm, then you will not receive, you, you won't win the election. Yeah. Numbers support that idea, kind of, I guess, right? Like, it, when you, when we talk about past Democratic presidents, we talk about people who were, like, popular as people, people who yeah. won elections, right? Like, Bill Clinton, extremely popular. Barack Obama, extremely popular. Everyone else, low numbers of enthusiasm, lost elections, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, Joe Biden's numbers in terms of enthusiasm, I think, like, 24% of the people that... Um, I, we talk about polls yeah. a lot, and you know I don't like them. But twenty four percent of the people that said they're going to vote for Joe Biden said they're enthusiastic about it. Um, those numbers are like n- n- almost identical to twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I think that is a um, a huge 
teller in what's going to happen in November. Um, how many people that Joe can get excited enough or maybe not even excited, but just like wash away some of the doubt. Can, can Bernie do it is my question. Can Bernie like get people to express enthusiasm for Joe? For Joe? Can Bernie say, hey, listen, squash all that. No. We got to win an election. I don't Period. think so. I mean, I don't think so. I, I think just because of the because his campaign. Yeah, I mean, the style that Bernie runs his campaign and debates with. Um, I, I, he, he prefaces everything with Joe Biden's a good friend of mine and he's a good person. That's a new and move. Then, yeah, and and so I think that that's a good try. But then he goes into the same 2016 um, narrative of that Joe's a you know establishment Democrat who's taking money from corporate um you know but he doesn't do it folks. he doesn't do it the same way he did hillary no like there the was there was a no 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 i'm not i'm not uh, attacking your point but the way the way in which it, 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 i think it's a learned thing for bernie um bernie bernie like and 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 i think that's what is frustrating to me a lot bernie as a person right a part of a campaign we do a lot of as people part of the Democratic Party, as people who are interested uh, and progressive and on the left, we do a lot of like blaming Hillary for 2016. Yeah, there is a role that that Bernie played in 2016 that was not positive, right? Like, yeah. um, and so I I think he has learned from that specifically, um, and kind of taken that into his own. Uh, way this this uh, his own campaign this year, yeah. right? Which which is I think why there's so many preferences of like I like Joe. We we essentially have the same ideas. We just believe there are different ways to get there, like that type of stuff. I believe that's cushioning because you have to recognize that there is no Donald Trump without a Bernie Sanders, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like you have to recognize that like there is a fracture that hit the party when you brought yourself out to put yourself to to like make a statement about the fallacies of the party in the way in which you did right like it wasn't simply as if we're not going far enough it was we are a part of the same type of structural problem that the republican party is a part of yeah and that has never been too much of a thing that we've had to like overcome before yeah. right like not because I guess the question, it, it, I mean, it, it depends on whether or not you believe that. Do you believe that? Do you think, like, the Democratic Party is a part of the same, like, structural problem? Um, yes. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think I think that the Democratic Party is very similar to the Republican Party in a lot of ways. Um, I think that the difference is that, um, you know, Democratic people at least try to make it seem like they're fighting for... Every, everyday people um, and I think that they try to enact policy but I, it's just it's just hard to tell because of how partisan the country is right now like you could either see that as yeah Democrats say that they're the party of the people but they never ever fight for any like lasting or great change for the groups that are most meaningful to them i.e. black people, Latinos um, and I mean they've done, they've done stuff for Latinos and they've they've had a couple little incremental changes, but I'm saying like I, as a whole, um, I think the Democratic Party is 
a contributor to the problem that the American political system has right now um, in its divisiveness in its um, partisanship and inability to engage um, large portions of the country I think my, my question would be what what does that look like right like what does what is it what else should it look like I, I guess is my question right like because I think to say that the Democratic Party is a part of the same problem would be to disregard the fact that the Democratic Party is, is a mesh of a bunch of different pieces and sect, right? Um, and those pieces have to work in conjunction to accomplish a goal. Yeah. Um, and so the goal does not benefit everyone in the party at all times. It can't, right? Because of... Yeah, 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 because, because of it, how many it's different a, it's players a, it's, a, it's a give and take, right? Yeah. Um, there are, I mean, you know, there are questions as to whether or not, like, there should be a two-party system. I'm, I'm not necessarily arguing against or for that. All I'm saying is the idea that the Democratic Party has failed you as opposed to the idea that the Democratic Party has to figure out a way to do more for you. Those are two different things that you are pitching. I mean, but I think... I think um has the Democratic Party? I, I wouldn't say that they failed us, and us being like but that, black but that's, people. Um, but are, that's the—I mean—that's the—that's the push, right? Like the push for this, I guess, super progressive Bernie narrative is that it has failed us, point blank. Period. But I think I think that's because there's a change in the definition of success. Before, in our, let, let's just say our parents' generation. Their definition of success was progress. Mm -hmm. Progress was success. Mm -hmm. I think that the newer, younger generation of voters, we see success as the finish line. Like, once we get there, that's when we won. Um, and I don't think that the, and I, I, I share some of the same sentiment that I don't think the Democratic Party has a sense of urgency for getting us to the finish line per se. I think they have a sense of urgency for mobilizing voters and giving people a reason to come out to vote and doing things for for that political reason and whether i mean that is how our government was designed yeah you know I, so it's like can you be mad at it um but i think that's why we're calling for a political revolution or why the you know the, the progressives are calling for a political revolution i don't fully disagree i think I mean, I know we have to move on, but I think that the my issue is is that it's it's not. I don't I don't necessarily think it's supposed to be different, mm. right? Like I think those things work in conjunction. In conjunction, yes, the Democratic Party is focused on receiving votes, right? Like in order to receive votes, they have to do things. Those things have to be good to the people that they want to receive the votes from. For them. Right. It has to be a cycle. So if your argument is that we need to hold the Democratic Party more accountable, I'm, I'm here with you. I don't disagree. But like it, it has to start somewhere. The idea of blowing it up is unattractive to me because I don't know what that entails. One, but I also don't know the position in which that leaves black people. Yeah. Right. Like and, and not to say we need the Democratic Party, but there is no there is no system no 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 um 
money grabbing machine, nothing that is as well prepared to make a difference for us as the Democratic Party is. Yeah. So if you say, listen, and we will talk about all this later, but if you say, listen, there are systematic issues with the way um, local uh, elections are ran. There are systematic issues with the way that like money isn't being funneled into candidates who are here, who are Democratic, who will make a difference in my life. The Democratic Party needs to take notice. I agree. Okay. Let's push for that. If you say I need to blow up the Democratic Party because Bernie Sanders needs to be president so that I can receive health care for myself, I don't agree. Yeah, I mean, I don't, necess- I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, um, you know, I'm a very firm believer that, you know, especially in 2020, we vote in, we vote in blue no matter who. Um, I, I think that if it was a different year, I think I might not be as um, solidified in that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the stakes wouldn't be so high, you know. Um, but we're not in a different year, so that's really kind of irrelevant. Um, but anyway, we're I, like you said, we're going to have a, a lot of more conversations um, around the Democratic Party and the issues, positives. That's the first um, series, man. Yeah, um, that's going to be the first series. We'll let y'all... When, when this Rona... Well, we just got to figure it out. We might be able to get some people on the phone or whatever. It, it, a lot of folks have been hitting me with just their thoughts and stuff. Um but I did want to ask you about a couple more things. We only got a couple minutes left. Um, but I wanted to ask you about how you felt about the sexual assault um, allegations against Joe Biden. Tara Reid, yeah. um, she actually came out with these allegations before. Mm-hmm. When the when the stories were coming out about how Joe was making women feel uncomfortable with the way that he touched him. Um, she's one of the people that actually put this story out. Yeah. It didn't really grab traction then. Um, it's grabbed more traction now, but not... It's still real quiet. Real, yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. And I don't know if I... All of this is coming from a man, right? So, yeah. you know, bear with me. I don't know if I would say that it's not getting traction because Joe Biden is the leading candidate for president or it's not getting traction be- because... Of COVID nineteen, um, I would definitely say it's more so because of COVID. Um, I don't necessarily think it's because like anybody is like pulling strings to keep it quiet or anything like that. Because he's the leading Democratic candidate, Um, it was reported by the Intercept, which matters for some. Because it's it's been recognized as a questionable news source mm. of the left, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, so in today's age, I, I think you you have to treat any allegation seriously. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't think there's a way that you can um, like just dismiss this as like oh, it's nothing. Um, it's definitely something. It's something that needs to be looked into um, and investigated um it's just it's it's hard right now i did i did some reading on it um a couple days ago or no yesterday i guess um and they said that in her initial report um she said that joe had like you know felt on her shoulders a little weird or something and just made her feel uncomfortable and then this more recent one was a lot more like detailed and um explicit um and you know 
I don't think we need to go into like the the super nitty gritty details of that. Um, you know, on the show, you guys can definitely look it up. It's I, available. Uh, he was kissing me at the same time, and he was saying something to me. He said several things, and I can't remember everything he said. I remember a couple of things. I remember him saying first, before, like as he was doing it, do you want to go somewhere else? And then him saying to me when I pulled away, he um, got finished doing what he was doing, and I kind of was pulled back. And he said, he said, come on, man. I heard you liked me. Mm. And it's that phrase stayed with me because I kept thinking – what I might have said, and I can't remember exactly if he said I thought or if I heard, but it, it's like he implied like that I had done this, like, I don't know. And for me, it was like every, everything shattered in that moment because I knew like we were alone, it was over, right? He wasn't trying to do anything more, but it's, I looked up to him. He was like my father's age. He was this champion of women's rights in my eyes. and. I couldn't believe it was happening. It didn't see, it seems surreal. Um, yeah. And, but, um, you know, it was a lot more invasive. There was some sexual unwanted sexual activity that occurred. Um, and the Biden campaign released a statement, um, that said that, did they, I didn't know. Yeah. That. Yeah. They released a statement. It said, um, while we support, you know, we support all women's right to, um, you know, present an accusation and we fully support, um, any women who are, you know, presenting their circumstances and we support an investigation into them because we know that these um, allegations are untrue. Um, so basically, you know, I guess trying to play both sides of the fence because, you know, in, as a progressive liberal Democratic candidate, um, I don't think you can just say she's lying. You know, that's a very Trump-esque, like, response it is um but i don't know necessarily how you defend yourself effectively without doing that yeah Um, so it's just it's a rough situation um here's here's a here's a question should after allegations should joe just drop out If we say believe all all accusers, if we say this is like where we stand, right? There's yeah. no reason to question a woman who says that she has been assaulted. Period. We've lived through an age where we've always sought to question women who say they have been assaulted. Uh, assaulted. This woman has a story against the current former vice president, the current, you know, presumed Democratic nominee, should he simply remove himself from the race and call it a day? Um, should he? I think he should. I like morally, I think he should. Um, will he? And, and, uh, like, and will that, uh, if he did, would it? be detrimental to the like Democrats getting into office I think so I don't think that necessarily should play a factor and again this is all hypotheticals this is a should because I don't think that Joe's going to drop out I mean I'm 99% sure he won't um, but I think if we're going to 
attack and um, focus so much on Trump and his past. And, I mean, and Trump has been a lot more of like he's been a lot more visual with it. Like you, you have the TMZ audio of him on the bus with the locker room talk, quote unquote. Um, you know, you have the paying off of Stormy Daniels. Like you know, these are pretty like concrete um, things, like concrete examples and proof that something not great went down. Um, you're struggling with this. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, it's obviously. I mean, hopefully, y'all understand. Like, this is a. It's. I'm a man. Come as a man. Yeah. Like it's hard. It's hard for us to like. You know, it's it's hard for me to present a like. Yes, Joe, stay in the race because we need you for 2020. Let's ignore what. Like, I'm not gonna say ignore what Tara Reid's accusation. I can't. I, I don't think I can say that in good conscience. Um, but I also think we have to recognize that. Joe Biden is not going to drop out of the race. And I think ultimately, um, you know, whether this says good or bad about us, about a country, I think it's more so the bad, but I don't think that this story is going to be as um, big or as highlighted or um, as broadcasted as Trump's situations, um, partly because of COVID, partly because it's, I mean... I don't know. It's just, it's a rough situation. I don't, I don't think, think he should drop get... out. Okay. I don't think, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I think eventually drop out if, you know, mm. this is true. I think Joe Biden should stand back, welcome an investigation from whoever, whether it's the DNC with outside lawyers, whether it's, I don't know, a, a CNN news team, whatever. Yeah. I think he should stand back and welcome whatever investigation is necessary. Um, after all of that, I think he should make a, a concentrated decision. Do I think he should drop out immediately? Uh, no. Nah. Do I think he should say something about it? Absolutely. Do I think he should uh, welcome any investigation? Absolutely. Do you think it's enough that his campaign made a statement, but he didn't? Like, Absolutely not. Do you think he needs to address a person? Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I don't. Uh, a campaign statement to a woman saying that she was sexually assaulted by you isn't. Yeah, isn't not adequate. Um, you know, if, if, even, if your, even if your assertion is that I did not do that, like what she has expressed is a feeling of assault. So yeah. address it as if you made someone feel horrible, right? Yeah. Like you, you need to. You know, take take that head on. That's yeah. what, I mean, that's what we had. I mean, that's all you can really um, do. I think, but or but, just dodge it. But, but but I mean, and that's what it seemed like. It, here's the th- I, th- I think not to kind of segue in a way that makes this feel unimportant, not important because it, I, I I think it is important. My I think my the thing that has been most interesting to me about this, about everything that I think has come from the far left as reasons to like never vote Joe Biden, and I, we can probably end on this question, but it's just one that I have, is do you think, is it concerning to you at all, do you think it should bother people on the far left at all, that they, a lot of the same like rhetoric that I see against Joe 
um, for whatever reason, is from the far left and the far right. Like, they mm. share the same thing. Yeah. Right? Like, Donald Trump Jr. will share a status from a far left um, pundit saying something extremely negative about Joe Biden. Right? Like, yeah. Um, does that... Do you think that bothers them? Do you think it should bother? Does it bother you? Right? Does it bother you that, like... That the like, right is using the left's ammo, essentially? Yeah. Like, does it bother you that... I know, I remember when we were all arguing... Not all arguing, but there was, like, this stint in 2016 where, like... Uh, where, like, on the far left, there were these arguments that the Democratic Party had never done anything for black people. Right. Yeah. And so we did. We were. We did not owe the Democratic Party anything. We did not need to vote for Hillary Clinton. Literally, like a week later, at one of his rallies, Donald Trump was like, um, well, "Black people, what Look do you have to lose?" African American communities have suffered under Democratic control. To those, I say the following: What do you have to lose by trying? Something new, like Trump. What do you have to lose? I say it again, what do you have to lose? Look, what do you have to lose? You're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth is unemployed. What the hell do you have to lose? You have the lowest unemployment. You remember yeah, that? Like, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you got this, you got That's that. That's when he pointed out his African-American over there. I think. Did, did he? I can't, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, it's just like, uh, is I don't like that. Like, you know, yeah. I don't like and, that and, 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 exchange of talking points. And so I'm, I'm guessing it does that. Because yeah. it bothers me slightly. It definitely it does, does bother I, me. So at the beginning of um, this debate cycle, um, when we had like 11 to 12 candidates on the stage, um, yeah, there was a bunch of them. Um, but I, I remember thinking then, and I don't know if I made a post about it or talked to you about it, um, but I remember saying that it's important for Democrats, Democratic voters, to see how their potential presidential candidate will handle that sort of um, online campaign against them. Or not even online, but just that sort of campaign run against them. Um, I did think it's problematic for Democrats to be demonizing each other while also preaching this unity, you know, this blue no matter who, mm-hmm. unity in the party type not, not message. Not like the far left. The far left is not preaching that. No, I mean... The uh, far yeah. left is preaching... But I mean, who who are you talking about in the far left? Because Bernie's preaching that. Bernie's far left, and he's preaching, he's preaching the... Blue, no matter who, and he's supporting Bernie. I mean, he's he's gonna support Joe if uh, Joe wins. I, but, but that's I don't know if people believe him. That's that's what I'm saying, right? Like, either they don't believe him, or he does not have as much control over his base as I don't think he has control over as um. I don't think he has control over his base. I mean, I, I listen. I I think young progressives who are. Not the ones that I know specifically, uh, because I think most of the people that I know who support Bernie have made it clear that they will go vote for Joe Biden begrudgingly. Yeah. Uh, but they'll they'll do it. Um, I just there is a. Well, I mean, we talked about this a bit last episode. There is a 
a piece of this like never Biden thing that's like real that's real right like folks are not attracted to the idea of voting for yeah, Joe but Biden right like this they I mean they view him in a way that they view like the problems with our system which is like old white man with money mind you Bernie Sanders is the same thing yeah. um, but there's there's just 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 different way for instance, we're talking about this dementia piece, right? Like, yeah, yeah. R- people on the far left share that. People on the far right share that, right? Like, that's that's actually the that's actually what I saw Donald Trump Jr. Sh- share, mm. right? It was it was like the clip of Joe with the gaffes from his mm. um from from his campaign, like from his stump speeches where he'll he'll mess up, right? Yeah. Um, and he he'll do that thing where he'll mess up and he'll be like, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to go. I don't want to talk about this right now, right? Uh, or yeah, man, let's just move on. Uh, somebody had put all the clips together. I had first seen it from a source, a friend of mine who is, um, you know, super progressive, and then got on Twitter, saw the same exact post from Donald Trump Jr. talking about, I can't believe Democrats are going to put this up to compete with my father. Yeah. Right. And it it sits uneasily so, with me. Like I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with the equating Joe Biden to. Like Donald Trump, as as they are one and the same evil, um, it doesn't bother me. Like that specific incident that you're talking about doesn't bother me that much. Okay. Um, just because I think that that's something that like was pretty. If you pay attention to politics and you like kept up with debates and um, you know public statements from candidates, you probably saw a couple different times when Joe was a little bit discombobulated. Like, and you know we've we've talked on the show about all the different candidates and the things we didn't like about them and so i don't think that the right saying hey look the democrats don't like this about joe biden i don't think that's necessarily uh like it doesn't make my my stomach churn or anything like that Mm -hmm. um it does when there's like attacks on somebody's character and like you're saying that um for example um and this is not calling anybody out but you know i follow sean king on twitter um, Sean King, Isn't he the greatest? He's he's an avid Bernie supporter. Isn't he the greatest, um, he's, though? He's raw. I mean, I don't know. I, I used to like Sean King. I used to like him, too. I, I, used, to, I used to think he was pretty good and, um, you know, a pretty vocal advocate for progressive causes in general, honestly. Um, but it for feels, the past few it months, feels it's excessive, just, right? It's forced. Like, it's just so... It, it's, it's like, yo, you're, you're, you're making it seem like, you know, Joe Biden goes home and eats babies in the basement, you know, like, or on, like on some like really weird, like Joe Biden's some like crazy evil mastermind who's trying yeah. to trick the Democratic voter base or something like that. Um, and I don't agree with that because it's just like, you know, you're, you have all of these, you know, ret- you, you know the power of social media. As soon as one person retweets it, it's going to get spread around. Joe Biden within this campaign cycle, not necessarily by Sean King, although I, I, you know, I wouldn't, put it past him has been called a rapist a pedophile yeah um he has been accused of having dementia he has um like like at one point at the beginning of everyone running for president the reason that joe biden lost as much steam as he did is because the media coverage of joe biden like i'm saying cnn msnbc media coverage of joe biden was like top tier media coverage was like Joe made a mistake again. Yeah. Joe keeps messing up. Like <laughs> you know what I mean. 
And it was it was like every time I turned around, there was not a positive story to be found about Joe Biden at the start of this. Yeah, and but um, I mean, I think that was also because his um, mess ups were a lot more frequent. I mean, no, one hundred percent. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it stood out in that kind of tone, and I. I don't disregard it, but what I'm saying is, if he's he survived that as a as a campaign, as a candidate, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That that was almost crushing to the point where many people assumed his campaign was over. Yeah. Um, he survived that as a candidate, comes down through the South, runs through the South, you know, kills Bernie, whatever, and then there's just like this incredible disdain for him in a way that's like. How dare he be winning? Yeah. Right? Like, how dare he be in the position that he is? And I also think the antagonizing of voters who did vote for Joe is also not beneficial. And, like, it just doesn't help in any way. And, um, you know, and, and I've had this debate with many, like, avid Bernie supporters. And Have they been rude? Um, yeah, but, like, still. They'll, so I, I made a post and it was essentially just like Bernie supporters being antagonistic towards people who don't support I Bernie is not going to make them support Bernie. They like, wasn't feeling it. Yeah, no, they like and a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of supporters came on my post and started being antagonizing about the fact that I was telling them not to be antagonizing, and it's like that is that just doesn't um and and this is not all Bernie supporters so. Don't yeah, make it, you. you know. Thank you for clearing that. Yeah, up. yeah. I, I gotta make you just gotta make it a clear statement that it's not all Bernie supporters, but there is some percentage that is so so for Bernie that anything that's not Bernie is like just the world is gonna end on Agree. the day. Yeah, and it's just Agree. like disgusting. But and this is this is my final point because it's definitely have to go. But my my thing that I was I was talking about and I'm thinking about, I've been asking people to help explain, but it has been a thought process. My thing has been to question that as a specifically, right? Like yeah. that thing where you say if it's not Bernie, it's nothing. Because Bernie actually cares about, you know, things that will help America. Yeah. I.e. Medicare for all, free access to education, that thing. Or, or that, there was a mantra for Bernie at some point, which was like, vote for the person next to you. Don't vote for yourself. Vote for the person next to you. Mm. My concern about that is that it seems untrue. If you say to me, if we are to measure what's happened in the last four years, and you say to me that my option is um, not to receive Medicare for all, but children will be separated from their parents at the border. And I say to you that I am so angered by the fact that you will not give me Medicare for all. You will not give me health care. That I am okay with babies being separated from their parents at the border. Then I think it kind of diminishes the whole point in a way, right? Like yeah. It seems hypocritical. The and whole this, these are just my thoughts, right? Like mm-hmm. th- th- It seems hypocritical in that sense, right? If, if I say to you, right, like... um white supremacy within like not, not within like you know we went through a phase of like identifying white supremacy as like white people doing things right? yeah. <laughs> not like not like that but I mean like white supremacy as in like KKK members walking down the streets of Charleston right? mm-hmm. like like you know like we're going to do an event 
if if I were to say that to you versus like you receiving a free education and you say to me, well, you know, I, I'm not going to get a free education. So therefore, the white KKK members don't really bother me. that much. They bother me enough to, to yell about it. Right. Yeah. They bother me enough to get on Twitter about it. They don't bother me enough to vote against it because I'm not going to get the free education that Bernie promised. I think you're just kind of. It just feels. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems short-sighted. Yeah, um, honestly, it feels apart. It feels yeah. like hypocrisy. You guys are hypocrites, man. I'm not even. You guys okay. are trash. No, I'm just fine. That I'm is just, a statement of Kermit Turner. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. But we do got to get out of here, man. Yeah, no, I guess we got to go in and wrap it up. Um, you know, I think it was a good episode three. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. 100%. We talked about movies this time. We yeah. never talked about movies. You know, Listen, we, what was what was my list? Uh, American Gangster, Fast Five, Real Steel. Check them out, man. Check them out. And y'all, let me know how bad two of those. Have you not movies. seen Real Steel? I've seen Real Steel. It doesn't. It doesn't touch your heart. Wolverine does not box. Wolverine slice people up. And Don't even make no note, sense. On that note, you know he's not real. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> okay. Next thing, this man will start talking about the Easter Bunny. Uh, okay. Um, well, yeah. You guys vote on our uh, Fed Up Award this week. Um, the two nominees were Yamachi, Yamachi, yeah. and uh, Andrew Cuomo. And Andrew Cuomo. All right, let us know what you think. Please get back at us. This was a great episode. We will see you guys next we week. We appreciate y'all, man. Always be easy. <laughs>